0: Hello, listeners. It's Richard, Take the Black Lives show producer here, reminding you once again that we stream and record this podcast right here every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern, and 10 p.m. British summertime on the winteriscoming.net Facebook and YouTube page. So make sure you search winteriscoming.net, all one word, on Facebook or YouTube. Give us a follow, hit subscribe, and make sure you turn on notifications so you know when we go live and you could drop in to chat with Dan, Mia, and the rest of our viewers. We hope to see you there. Thank you for your your time, let's get on with the show. Hey, hello everybody, welcome to Take the Black Live, the only show on the internet where we talk about things that matter like space lasers, dragons, Star Wars, Lord of the Rings, Game of Thrones, and such things as this. I am Dan Selke, the editor of WintersComing.net, and we are here with Mia Johnson, editor of Forest.com. And here with a special guest, Chelsea Zakowski. Chelsea, what brings you to our fine podcast this 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 noon?
1: Um, I'm here to talk about The Bad Batch. So really excited about that. Yeah, yes. yeah, the Bad
0: Batch is the brand new um, animated Star Wars show that just uh, premiered last night. And before we do it though before we um dive into the bad batch we're also going to talk about house of the dragon later there's some really cool new stills breaking from the game of thrones prequel show we'll go over some of the giant marvel things that are coming out and thanks everyone for joining us hey lamont hey julie hey christian we will be talking about all of it but first before before we get going let's have a brief word from um our beloved sponsor you wood it's dark overgrown and crowded with angry brambles and thorns that bite and pierce if only you had a weapon to cut through the oppressive thicket let the forest breathe again and now you do with the manscaped lawnmower 4.0 the best in men's below the waist grooming trusted by millions of men worldwide manscaped offers precision engineered tools for your sensitive grooming needs if you're interested in joining the brotherhood of the forest clearing we have an exclusive offer 20% 20% off plus free shipping with the code FANSIDED20 at MANSCAPE.COM. And the Mighty Lawnmower isn't the only thing MANSCAPE has to offer. There's also MANSCAPE Deodorant to keep the sacred forest fragrant, and also MANSCAPE Toner to make sure it's never not toned. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code FANSIDED20 at MANSCAPE.COM. That's 20% off with free shipping. At manscaped.com and use code fansided 20 Alright, wasn't that fun? Okay, um, Mia, you are the force editor, so you're the Star Wars expert here. So yeah, you're the expert. Chelsea, you are a giant Star Wars fan as well. And I am kind of a Star Wars newbie, so I'm going to turn over to Mia. Go away. Let, let let let's let's talk about the bad batch.
2: Hey, awesome. I got distracted because I saw something moving. It's like a, a tiny little spider. It won't harm me. <laughs> but if I freak what? out? You know what's Here? going on? Where? <laughs> no, on my wall. It's okay. like, I was like, wait, behind? Me. <laughs> <laughs> nobody panic. It's just me. Okay, let's get into the real Star Wars. Okay. I'll be fine. Um, so, yeah, I was going to just ask Chelsea right out the gate because this is the <laughs> animated world and some people are into it and some people, you know, are a little more disconnected. Uh, how would you describe the bad batch to people who maybe are not necessarily super familiar with the clone wars and everything that goes on with the animated series?
1: Um, I would say that obviously it is animated, but it has such like heart and it has the like excitement and the like complexity of, I guess your typical star Wars movie or even like, you know, the Mandalorian, um, So, and I'm actually fairly new, new to, I guess, binging all of the animated uh, shows. Mm -hmm. So I've only done that in the last like couple of years. Um, So I did not watch them like as they came out and everything, but um, they're just, I mean, they're just wonderful. And the bad batch, just like, it really, it connects both of them um, in so many ways. Um, I think, I think a lot of people talk about how, both like the Clone Wars and Rebels, they kind of start out as um, more light and they're just like, fun. And it's definitely like, oh, this is like a kid show, like things <laughs> like that. And still entertaining. But, um, and then as you get into both of those series, like they get a little darker. They're like complex. You're like, oh, wow, this is, this is like, you know, heartbreaking, but also just so many feelings. Um, and I feel like the Bad Batch, like does not play around as soon as it starts, you're like, oh, my goodness, like, this is this is not just like your kids Star Wars show.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, I find that, you know, kind of whole kids show thing. I, it's a little funny. I mean, like, we're here three adults <laughs> talking about this show right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think mm-hmm. it, it speaks to. I've always felt like these shows have like different layers and I'm still getting used to them as well. But to me, it feels like there is something for children, which is, I mean, at its base, what Star Wars has always been. Um, But then these also have this avenue to provide, like you were talking about these sort of emotional moments, the emotional depth that you might not get um, when it comes to the series. Like just me watching the Clone Wars season seven, which I guess it's not a huge Mm -hmm. spoiler um you know like the transition from anakin to vader um it was so much more bittersweet because it was like you were watching that whole progression of him you know be friends with obi-wan and loving padme and ahsoka and all that um so yeah, I, w- I was going to ask Dan, how do you feel about, you know, the <laughs> a surprise question on you already about, you know, this distinction between, you know, what is a kid's show and in, uh, you know, is this for adults and, and all of that in animation?
0: I think there are definitely, uh, you know, shows that are made with kids in mind that can be enjoyed for all ages. The of, like for me, the thing I always think about is like Miyazaki movies, like uh, Spirited mm-hmm. Away or My Neighbor Totoro. Like, designed, yes, kind of for kids, but they tap into something kind of uh, universal. I think you can really enjoy it for everybody. And I I think Star Wars does that. My problem with Star Wars isn't so much that it's, like, not hitting the universal button so much as that I feel sometimes a little um, marketed to, uh, depending on the the movie or show I'm watching. Like, we're talking about kid stuff, I watched the premiere of The Bad Batch, and Mm -hmm. I wasn't I mean, and I'd never seen—I'd never seen Clone Wars. Um, I was kind up, and I was cut up with these characters, and it seemed kind of entertaining. That little like kid insert character, like the 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 Omega. youngin on the Camino <laughs> Clone Factory, um, felt a little uh, sidekick moppet, Um, Let's have like a child self insert here to kind of balance out the gruffness of the rest of them. Part of my least favorite part of the premiere. But I do think at its best, Star Wars has the capability, absolutely, the capability to hit that sort of, you know, truly for all ages thing, which mm-hmm. is hard because sometimes, like, for all ages means, like, you know, aiming at 13 year olds with a couple of, like, old jokes for the older, for the parents in the crowd. Yeah. But a- a- yeah. at its best, it's, it's, it can be enjoyed by everybody.
2: Exactly. Well, I hope we've convinced some people, at least at the very beginning, <laughs> you know, to give this a chance. Um, give it a chance. But I want to talk about your interview as well, which I was excited Ooh. to pass that along to you. Um, so you interviewed Dee Bradley Baker um, in a press conference virtual. D. Bradley Baker, who voices all five of them, you know, with distinct Australian accents. He was uh, quite as good. Well, yeah, as well as, um, I believe it's Brad Raoul. I think that's how he yeah, pronounce his name yeah. and Jennifer Corbett. Uh, so what were some of your highlights from that interview? Cause it sounded really awesome.
1: Oh, it was, yeah, it was short, but like really sweet. Um, so I think one of the things that stood out to me um, was Brad while we were talking about um, comparisons to Rogue One. Um, someone mm-hmm. in the, in the news conference um, asked him about that and about how, like, it, you know, it, watch after watching the, the first two episodes, like it was, um, it had that, you know, kind of like emotional depth and um, you have this like, you know, reluctant, like ragtag soldiers and, mm-hmm. you know, things like that. And, and you, it's not really focused on these kind of grand characters, like the Jedi and the Sith, like you're, you're really like honing in on the, like the actual like fighters of this yeah. war or like one war to the next, I guess. So that was, um, that was a really good comparison. Um, and then of course, um, Dee Bradley Baker, um, just talking about the, like coming back and voicing, um, clone troopers again. And, um, the div the big differences between, um, voicing some of the other clone troopers from the clone wars, um, as opposed to like the bad batch, he talked mm-hmm. about how there's like, a tighter, like, differentiation between their, like, their voices and kind of their tics when they talk, and I think uh, both Brad and then Jennifer Corbett were um, talking about watching and listening to Dee Bradley Baker voice them, and they're, like, it was, it was insane, you know, like, it's just, like, magic, like, he just, like, seamlessly, like, pivots, you know, he doesn't, he basically has a conversation with himself as five different characters, so, which was, i I can only imagine what that looks like
2: that's funny yeah when uh, i I'll w- oh, go ahead dan
0: I'll to say like I will say like someone who who hadn't watched it before when watching it I was like if you hadn't told me it was the same guy, I probably could have believed it was different people because he he, yeah. he was very adroit in his uh work,
2: yeah uh I was wondering that I'm glad you put that in your um your write up we have on dork's side the force as well for more in that interview uh but i was yeah i as I was watching um Probably the bad batch. I was wondering, does he record the line separately or like how does he, uh, Dee Bradley Baker do that when you have to go, um, as Lamont says, New Zealand accent more specifically? Um, that, (laughs) but what's funny for me is like after 70 minutes of watching that premiere, because it's a long premiere. Uh, so you really have yeah, to be was. into it if you want to commit. It had me thinking in like that New Zealand accent, it's like, oh, I've got to get ready for bed and I've got to go clean my gun. I don't have to clean a gun. <laughs> what is this? <laughs> <laughs> so it really sticks with you. Um, and even Omega has the accent, but that is not D. Bradley Baker, just <laughs> full disclosure. Yeah. It could have been, possibly. <laughs> Um so yeah I also wanted to talk about you were uh speaking about having this perspective from the clones and um ha- I guess I should say how do you feel about a series that's not necessarily focused on Obi-Wan Kenobi and Anakin and even someone who we've grown to love like Ahsoka um being the focus of a brand new spin-off like is this bold for Star Wars to do? <laughs>
1: Yeah. I mean, and to be honest, um, so I watched, you know, Disney's investor day, um, way last year, the year before, I can't remember what year it is. Um, when they announced all of these new star Wars shows. And at that point I had not watched all of the clone wars. So Mm -hmm. when they announced the bad batch, I was like, Oh, cool. Like we're going to get another, you know, star Wars animated series, which I'm excited about. Like, that's cool. Um, but I wasn't like, when I learned more about it, I was like, okay like I'll watch it like I wasn't like really really excited um mm-hmm. until I caught up with the Clone Wars and watched those um their four episode arc in season seven um I was like these these guys are great um yeah. <laughs> and I, I definitely think it's I don't always say like bold for Star Wars to do I definitely think that it's really Catering to a specific like audience within the Star Wars audience, so you know my my dad is not going to watch this. Like he yeah. is definitely the old school, you know. He saw Star Wars in 1977, you know, type of guy. <laughs> um, he watched Mandalorian, you know, he liked it, but he's not you know. as like in depth um, to like the animated shows and stuff like that. So I pretty much tell him what happens. I was like, so this happened here, and this happened <laughs> here. Um, but there is like a there is a big audience for the Star Wars animated series. And Mm -hmm. since I've like binged all of them now and like that audience and that community is just so fun because you just meet all these characters that some are Jedi, you know, or Sith, um, Mm -hmm. but some of them, you know, like Captain Rex. I'm like, Captain Rex is awesome. (laughs) You know, the troopers are awesome. And I think that once you really see them and especially with the bad batch that's focused on them like you really really fall in love with them they're just fun characters yeah. even though they can't you know wield the force so
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah i kind of i appreciate the way that they are expanding this universe and that can be a whole another conversation about like the legends and you know how they could retcon some stuff mm-hmm. and how some stuff is just completely abandoned um but i guess yeah me appreciating we're not I, I like have not read any Legends books. It is it is kind of nice to see at least on screen this different perspective I guess. And it's, you really do in a way maybe have to be a little bit more of a hardcore fan outside of just the the, um, the Skywalker saga to say you know, oh, I kind of do care about what's going on with the clones and I kind of do care about, you know, the other Jedi um, um, you know, like Caleb and his story. What happens? How did they escape Order 66? Uh, so I, I think I have an appreciation for it. It's taken me a minute to ease into it and kind of be like, you know, even like now, I really love Ahsoka. I loved her arc. Um, and kind of, I'm excited to see what happens in Rebels as well. Cause I have not gotten to that. <laughs> Please excuse me. Um, but I wanted to <laughs> bring Dan into this again, uh, because we have had talks about the expansion of Star Wars and yes, how, viable it is and how even necessary it is um and i don't mean to sum up dan's you know feelings but in a in a nutshell chelsea he it's has crusade. kind of been <laughs> yeah he has been less you know receptive to this expansion of like we've got what like 10 star wars series ahsoka new republic um all of these things a little more apprehensive about is this too much um so i might pivot hmm, who should i ask first <laughs> well, anyone can speak up because I want to know, how are you feeling about animation and all of this? Is animation kind of part of this hindrance of this expanding Star Wars universe? Or do you think it fits into its own nook and it's not like this is too much? This is just the perfect amount of show.
0: I don't mind the idea of doing an animated show at all. I, I think that's, um again, like... My problems with the entire notion of a shared, expanded universe from from the get-go, like really any, like I, I don't blame Disney for wanting to do it with Star Wars. Of course, they're going to want to. They're going to want to copy Marvel. Um, I kind of like the idea, like yesterday, we, we had a Wiccup discussion about all the new Game of Thrones shows, and mm-hmm. I'm I'm all for diversity. Like if you're going to go here and you're going to try and make this shared universe happen, at least give us variety. Like, yeah, give us yeah. Um, a Mandalorian-like kind of wandering samurai action show. Give us an animated show. Give us um, a straight drama. Give us a comedy, etc. And so forth. So, yeah, if, if if you're gonna do it, which I'm not sure you should. But if you're going to, then I'm all for diversifying.
2: Uh, well, Chelsea, did you? How do you feel about the whole, in general, the expansion of the Star Wars TV universe? Do you feel like it is just enough, or do you have some reservations about? what's the future is.
1: It's hard to say. Like I, I'm one of those, I'm one of those fans where if like I become a fan of something, like I'm going to consume everything. Like I want to consume as much as possible. Uh Um, And even though I might have like, you know, differing opinions on a certain movie, like I'm still going to watch it. I'm still going to consume that. Yeah. Um, I personally, I like, I like, like Dan said, I like the variety. I like, um, the fact that we have, you know, nine, you know, feature films, you know, plus, Mm -hmm. you know, two, I guess, you know, more breakout or spinoff, um, films and there's more films to come and there's animated series to come. There's live action series, um, to come. I'm all for it. I, if anything, I worry about, I guess, more of the casual fans who maybe don't—they're um, not like I'm going to consume every single thing Star Wars so I can understand the whole picture. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I kind of have the same feelings with like Marvel, like yeah. the Marvel universe. There's just so much, and 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 like me and my husband, like we we are dedicated to watching, you know, the Marvel films and everything. But after a while, it's like I feel like I can't catch up, so I worry about. I guess, more casual Star Wars fans feeling like it's too much where they have to watch this show to understand this movie, to understand this other show, you know, things like that. So I, if anything, I I want everybody to be happy and I want everybody to love (laughs) everything as much as I do, but I, I can understand where it can be confusing and overwhelming
2: yeah yeah i guess i'm pretty much with you on that um where it is kind of like we see now marvel is creating that barrier to entry where it's like at first if you didn't watch agents of shield that's not gonna mess you up or if you didn't Mm -hmm. watch daredevil for the next movie now when we do have things like wandavision falcon winter soldier and loki it's kind of like you do have to really really keep up if you want to pay attention to everything else, maybe it won't be like that. We still haven't seen any of the newer movies and for star Wars as well. We haven't really seen how that plays out, but just for example, like the Mandalorian season two with the um Bo-Katan it's like kind of need to know about them. They kind of did a good job of just introducing them without any background. Um, but okay. yeah, it, it's just one of those things where it's like it remains to be seen and only the future and time will tell. So, yeah, I think I've got all my questions answered, unless, Chelsea, you have any concluding thoughts about, or where do you hope, where do you hoping for the season to go now that you, well, you've seen two episodes, we can't talk about the second episode, but where do you hope the season will go?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um, I honestly, I don't know, like, I'm really, I know that, like, Dan talked about, he didn't necessarily like the inclusion of Omega um but I'm curious to see I where was that's lukewarm.
0: going
2: <laughs> <laughs> okay
1: <laughs> like I obviously like this is set in a time where we kind of know how it ends you know it's mm-hmm. like literally like the day first days of the Empire um so obviously like we know like what's gonna happen in 20. 20- 20, 30 years. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that to me, and like, okay, I'm, I'm interested in seeing kind of like how the empire takes shape and kind of takes hold around the galaxy and how the bad batch fits into that and the troopers and everything. Um, I am interested to see if star Wars is going to try to inject more of the like Jedi Sith thing. Yeah. Uh, kind of like what they did in the Mandalorian season two. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, which I'm fine with, but I, I, it, it makes me go back to what I said about more casual fans feeling like, okay, like now we're getting to this part again when we should just, you know, focus on the troopers' experience through this right. whole thing. So
0: when does Luke Skywalker show up yeah. to take one of the troopers away in a training yeah. mission? It's, it's honestly. <laughs>
1: I don't know if I really want him to. Yeah. Like, very excited that he showed up in the Mandalorian. I could have done without (laughs) it. Not like mad about it, but I, I am hoping that this series really kind of focuses not on the force. Yeah. (laughs) I want, I want like the normal people, or quote unquote, normal people
0: in the galaxy.
1: I want, I want those stories. And I think that the Bad Batch has like a great opportunity to tell those stories.
0: But will it take it? Stay tuned.
2: <laughs> exactly. Well, yeah, I love that. Thank you, Chelsea, so much. Um, That's just fun. Yeah. If you, if you guys have comments, let us know if you're going to be watching the Bad Batches, a new episode again coming out this Friday and then the rest of the episodes will drop on Fridays. Um, they will not clash with Loki. Thank goodness. You know, we've got two days, one for Marvel and one for star Wars. So mm-hmm. <laughs> thanks so much, Chelsea. And you know, you're always welcome over here again. Of course. Yeah. Thanks, thanks for a lot, having. Chelsea. This was fun. Yeah, right. <laughs> Bye.
0: Bye. Have a good one. All right. So thanks Chelsea for coming on, talking about star Wars, the bad batch airing now on Disney plus. Mm-hmm. And now Mia, why don't we pivot to, um, Another shared universe in another galaxy far, far away and back in time a long time ago. Um, HBO is getting out ahead of the race. And Mm -hmm. we've been giving you updates on the filming of House of the Dragon, the Game of Thrones prequel show, for a while now. Matt Smith and company are on a beach. They're filming a scene. They're in the Targaryen finery. And there have been leaked photos coming out. And HBO said, you know what? No. No. Why should we have to let these leakers give these photos? We're going to release some glossy photos of our own, which I yeah. think is very smart. And, um, for example, we have this really, really pretty one of Matt Smith and Emma Darcy right up close. No need to squint. No need to make out like, who is that? What are they doing? That is the two of them as Damon and Rhaenyra Targaryen on a beach in the Targaryen finery in their bleach blonde wigs looking pretty good. And. Yeah. I'll start by saying this is smart because on Game of Thrones, they would have learned people are going to take pictures. They're going to swarm you yeah. whenever you're on a set. They're going to just snap, 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 and they're going to come out. Why not just take your own pictures and make them better looking and release them anyway? Mm-hmm. I think this is a smart move. What do you think, Mia?
2: Yeah, we've reached that stage where it's like you really can't hide these things anymore. You really, really can't, can, can't, can't. Um, and so I feel, yeah, I feel like you, it's another thing where you cannot pretend or be ignorant to what is going on as well. Like, well, you know, want Matt Smith pictures. We don't know what you're talking. It's like, yeah, get get the, <laughs> <What>? get, the <laughs> get the, one up on them, get the leg up on them, have your own HQ photos, kind of describe what's going on without giving too much detail um and it's like yeah if it's there just it's it's kind of like that damage control take it and make the best out of it
0: i mean like on game of thrones they would even do things like film fake scenes towards the end which like yeah distract people and i was always like what a waste of time like what a Mm -hmm. waste of money like just and like instead of trying to fool everyone just embrace it and just um Put out your own press release. Put out your own photos. I, I I like that idea. If that's going to be what they're doing, we also got our first looks at uh, Olivia Cook and uh, Reese Ifens, I believe has a Welsh name, um, as Alicent and Otto Hightower. That is uh, daughter and father. She is the wife of the king, Renera's father. She's the other side of the conflict. Um, wants her son on the Iron Throne. Rhaenyra wants her damn self to be on the Iron Throne. (laughs) And her father, Otto, is the hand of the king, Tupacarys Targaryen. So the Ned Stark, the Tyrion Lannister, um, the Tywin Lannister, the kind of power behind the throne. And not to spoil it too much, but all I'm saying is people in that position don't usually tend to come to a great end. And... uh, (laughs) It's kind of like the Game of Thrones version of the Defense Against the Dark Arts job. Whoever has the Hand of the King job, uh, <laughs> usually they don't really come to a good end, and he's not exactly an exceptional sport spoil the specifics. Um, they look pretty good. You know, yeah. they're wearing their kind of um, traditional-looking medieval costumes. I don't have anything, like, too revel- revelatory to say about it. Although, I did... There was a thing on Twitter I saw that apparently no one on Game of Thrones ever wore earrings. Um, like, mm-hmm. just didn't happen. And... Both her and Rhaenyra oh. and Bidoccia wearing earrings. So either oh. they're changing up the fashion or maybe earrings were just in fashion this time in Westerosi history. And they <laughs> weren't when we got to Game of Thrones. That's possible, too.
2: Let the speculation begin. I did like I seeing like that, it. though. It was kind of like the um, Leonardo DiCaprio meme where he's like, you know, pointing at the television. So I saw the caption. was <laughs> like, oh, those are the characters you've been telling me about. Those are the people, yeah. the towers." So it's nice to see them putting... A face to a name, and I mean, I'm sure just for anyone who's familiar with the books, it's like they're actually putting a face to the name. um So these are these are exciting times.
0: Yes. I am definitely hoping that things, you know, that as 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 the more that we look at them, the the more it'll sink in, and then um we'll know the characters well. By the time they mm-hmm. come into screen, we'll we'll be familiar and have expectations. Although it's also good to not have expectations. It's also good to go in not and not really know exactly who they are and just see whether they do a good job of of, of giving you a character you like. As yeah, Sean says, yeah. looking forward to seeing uh Sanoya Mizuno as my but as my seria. We haven't seen her yet, that's true. Um take whatever we can get. Love these new images. And yeah, they're great. I just wanted to bring up this last one was particularly interesting for a couple of reasons. This is Steve Toussaint, and do not know if I'm saying these names right, as Corliss Valerian. And this is interesting for a couple of reasons. A cool picture. I like that again. He he's not Targaryen, but he is from that part of the world. He's from old Valyria, like the Targaryen, So that's why he has the not Targaryen, but he still has the you know the bleached hair, the uh, yeah. the, the the white blonde hair <laughs> that is just the tradition of um, I guess Valyrians, ancient Valyrians, and so their house. He's a very important character. He's kind of the lord. He joins Rhaenyra. He's on Team Rhaenyra. He has a giant fleet. He's also the older version of the character who the, the um, Seven Voyages show is going to be about. Yeah. Um, If they end up making that. We talked about it yesterday in Wick Club. And the other interesting thing about it is, okay, so in the books, he does have the white hair. They don't mention his race explicitly although given like the fantasy default and the whole English setting he's probably a white guy in the books and they've chosen to cast characters of color to play him and his family. So he also has sons and daughters and mm-hmm. we know there's one of the actors of color who are in those roles and like other actors of color like with the hair which is like the yeah. dead giveaway right like <laughs> yeah. that's how you know <laughs> and i haven't I, blessedly i haven't seen much like any nasty discourse about it i do worry maybe like i guess i I mean i suppose this is like an official thing because i think back to like when they announced um oh no i'm blanking on his name as finn in the force awakens
2: oh john boy yeah
0: oh thank you okay um there is some blowback and i wonder if you had any takes on this like what do you think of casting people of color in roles where, like, you know, his race is not important at all in the book. Like, mm-hmm. it's not mentioned. He's probably a white guy just because it's assumed. But it's not mentioned. It's not important. And they're cast forced of color here to, you know, bring some diversity into the show. What do mm-hmm. you think of that, Mia?
2: Yeah, I, I'm i all for it in this instance. And you this is an interesting day to, to to bring this up. Because there's also been the announcement of, you know, with the new Superman movie. And they're going oh, yeah, to have that's a right. Black cal L. Um, and I've heard some interesting backlash against that, but not for reasons that you would think. And so I, I was like th- using that to kind of as a background with this. Um, so with the L, people were a little upset with DC because DC does have other black characters, um, who have mm-hmm. a black experience and, you know, are just black. <laughs> and, um, I believe it's Calvin something. Sounds like Kal-El, but his name is Calvin. And he, Clever. you know, is a DC hero who I don't know much about him, but, you know, it, it is what it is. It's kind of like Spider-Man where you have Peter Parker, but you also have Miles Morales, who is right. black and Latino. Um, so with this, since the character doesn't really have any background and there are no real alternatives to, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, a black experience in Game of Thrones, there's not much you can do but just say, hey, you know, we want we are just going to make this character a person of color because otherwise the story there would not would have not called, called much. It. yeah anyway <laughs> so i'm in favor of this i don't um see it taking away from anything really at all except for I, I still find the hair a little weird but i mean it's fantasy so i'll have to give into that <laughs>
0: <laughs> I find the hair a little weird, too. I won't lie. There's something about it that looks almost like a little more fantasy. I mean, but I, I'm used to seeing it on, like, Daenerys. And I didn't really question that. But, yeah, it, it, I, I'm glad you said it, because it, it does look a little, hmm. But, yeah, I'm sure it'll look good when it's, you know, in motion, in context and everything. Yeah. And as Zozo LaMessie says, the wigs look so much better on camera than on the leaked pics, which I agree with. And, yeah, I'm excited about that. I mean, Game of Thrones got some blowback um for you know not having a lot of diversity Mm -hmm. and you know you can always use the excuse of like well that's what the text was like and like it's true but you're not making the book like you're making a tv show and you make a tv show in 2020 2021 and you can take that into account when you're doing things like casting or blocking or writing or really anything so i think it's a cool idea i'm looking forward to seeing how it goes and he is a very important character and his family's an important character so <laughs> yeah, it's a good awesome. way to sort of kind of cast like hit a bunch of birds with one stone you know yeah <laughs> like yeah, they're also awesome. casting i believe an asian actress as Mysaria, who's an important character and again it, it's why because this book is like again it's not it's not like a novel it's a sort of Fake history with generalized descriptions. So there's a lot of room for this kind of thing to come in and just sort of, you know, change a little like tweak a little something here or there or yeah. just use the space where there is no solid information and just fill in the detail and uh make it all work. We also had one other picture I wanted to see. This is one of the not official ones. this was just uh, on the set, but I wanted to show it because it's targaryen kids it's little kids with bleach blonde hair a bunch of little draco malfoys walking around basically is what some of the redditors were saying um what do you think of that mia because there are quite a lot of kids in this story i don't know how many they'll actually end up having i imagine some will be cut but Mm -hmm. there are a bunch of kids um like rhaenyra has kids Alison has kids and what do you think of the prospect of seeing a bunch of bleach blonde Targaryen and Valyrian, like six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12 year olds running around doing their thing?
2: I hey, I mean, come one, come all. This reminds me of something. I I don't know what I'm thinking about, where it's just like there's no kids, it's only adults. I don't know if it's like a video game. It's not The Sims, they have kids in the Sims, but um yeah, I don't I don't mind, you know, as long as they do I'm sure they're doing kid appropriate things, they might Swear, oh no! they not knows, this is Game of Thrones. <laughs> well, I love that them might use
0: be We're pretty sure. We think that the scene they're filming is when the one son of uh, Rhaenira gets in a fight with the son of Alicent and ends up like tearing his eye out. Oh, jeez! Like, what, what What do you mean? The kids are no, they're not. This is Game of Thrones. They're going to do horrible hoping. stuff. Everyone, Arya, like the killed the hell out of that guy in Bravos or. There's lots of Sansa scenes that were uncomfortable. No, the the, the kids are going to be doing some messed up stuff. But um, I'm sure they'll be well supervised, taken care of.
2: Oh, exactly. Um, and
0: I mean, cursing, I guess, in like a fantasy thing, they can just make up some curses, I guess.
2: Exactly. Well, I, I'm i assuming those kids are well looked after, you know. I'm
0: sorry to disappoint you <laughs> so harshly and so off the bat. but um,
2: Corrupting the children, though. Uh, no. <laughs> I'm,
0: I'm also not sure, like... So, because Game of Thrones, like, there were a bunch of characters who were very young, and they aged most of them up. Like, Daenerys Mm -hmm. and Jon Snow are both, like, 14, 15 or something um, in the books, but they kicked it up a notch. They raised everybody's ages up. And uh, we are wondering if it's a situation where, like, these are, like, scenes in the first season that are going to be a little further back, and then you jump ahead some years, or they'll age some up. Mm -hmm. Because some of these kids have pretty big roles and i'm going to guess they're going to cast a little older actors when we get to like the big actiony parts which do happen some years later but we will see
2: yeah
0: any other comments on house of the dragon game of Thrones? Uh,
2: no it's kind of it's funny here, cool. every every passing day i'm a little more excited about it so you've got a fan and i think we're here. only
0: going to get more images and information from here on out Moving on, uh, lots... There's actually quite a big week for news. The Last Kingdom got <laughs> canceled on Netflix. I was upset about that. I mean, not upset, but... um, Or rather, it's going to be the final season of... The last... Next season the is last, the final oh. last season. This is like a medieval show on Netflix. Pretty popular. We like it. Mm-hmm. There's a Green Lantern show coming. Uh, apparently, Doctor Strange was cut from WandaVision. There's a <laughs> real live lightsaber now. Lots of Wheel of Time yeah. teases. I did want to hit all the new Marvel stuff before we move on to our (laughs) what are we watching section because there's a bunch yeah like they basically released all their Marvel's plan to take over 2021 2022 and 2023 we learned that the title is going to be Black Panther Wakanda forever they put official title for that for 2022 Mm -hmm. we learned that the Captain Marvel 2 is going to be the Marvels which I don't know if I like I feel like again it, it, it's big on franchise building so they're gonna have yeah. captain marvel they're gonna have monica rambo they're gonna have ms marvel I, I i don't know i kind of feel like you're not worth your own title i guess you're gonna be the marvels <laughs> um and such things as this oh we got our first eternals footage including mm-hmm. rob stark aka richard madison as Richard, richard Madison, <laughs> richard madden as icarus right there looking super heroic
2: Yeah, I was excited that they shared the Eternals footage because that seems so long overdue and everyone had just been clamoring for it. So it's kind of funny. It's like because these are all familiar faces like Angelina Jolie, Kamelman and Johnny and McChan. It was like, I've seen all these people before, but to see them in this new context and it's a Marvel movie, it's very, very exciting. Um so, there was no Kit Harrington in this, right? Just making sure I didn't miss anything. It was like anything.
0: 10 was, seconds of footage. No, they didn't oh, get really? around yeah. to him.
2: Yeah, yeah. So, it's not a f- it wasn't a full trailer. It was this whole, you know, yeah. like, hey, look at all these things we've done and look at all these a things that are reel. going to happen. Yeah, exactly. So, don't forget you're here forever, basically. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes, up through 2023. But yeah, it makes sense for that. Any other... Um, I don't know, I, I, for some reason I assume I, I would be more excited about this. Any other things stand out to you? Any titles, any dates or just, we all knew it was coming, bring it on.
2: Yeah, it was, it was kind of a weird like <laughs> it was kind of like, why are you dropping this right now? It was the day before Star Wars day and nothing like hmm. they've already announced these things which was kind of weird and Um, In that trailer, they showed you more Black Widow footage. You're like, yeah, it's coming eventually. It's coming. It's coming. And uh, like I said, The Eternals was exciting. We've seen the Shang-Chi trailer. So it was really just another hype builder. um, But yeah, I mean, I'm just excited overall. So I, there's not much more I can say besides that. And, um, but the, the Spider-Man thing was pretty interesting because I had, oh, I had mentioned right. to you yesterday about this whole Andrew Garfield interview, um, with, uh, Josh Horowitz, I believe. And he basically right. asked him like, Hey, everyone thinks that, you know, you're going to be in the new Spider-Man movie. It's called, uh, It's not far from home, but it's it's the the other home movie, No Way Home, I believe. And some people are thinking it's just going to be this multiverse movie where you've got Tobey Maguire, and they've already said Doc Ock is going to be in it, and um, Electro, and there's all these rumors and stuff. And they're like, are you in this? And Andrew Garfitt was like, no, literally no one has called me. No one is saying that, you know, I'm going to (laughs) be, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, And everyone is like, oh, sure. Yeah. Sure, sure, sure. So, I don't know how to feel about that. I want to take his word on it. Um, I don't. But, yeah, everyone is like, that's why he's an actor, because he's putting on such a great act, and we know all three Spider-Men are going to be in this movie. So, that's still my hope. That's still my dream. Um, I don't think he should have (laughs) talked about it at length as long as he did, but it is definitely my dream to have, like, all three Spider-Men in the same movie.
0: I almost feel bad for actors nowadays, like with this spoiler culture stuff yeah. where it's it's all about keeping secrets. Like they didn't used to have to go on talk shows and lie. I'm assuming he was yeah. lying. I could be wrong and then I'll uh eat some crow. But I mean it, it, it's 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 like a new phase of their job. I remember when Jon Snow died and Kate Harrington had to go around talk shows being like mm, I don't yeah. to be anything. <laughs> like which apparently hated. Um it's a thing they do now. And I assume he'll be in it. I assume they'll all be in it. And I think they should all take attack from HBO and just just, just release images. From now on, I think they should have just mm-hmm. released a glossy pick of Andrew Garfield, Tobe Maguire, and um the main one, Tom Holland, all yeah. in their spider suits, giving the thumbs up sign like the first day. That's what I would have done. Just get <laughs> out of the way. and St- and the speculation. Yeah. But um I I seriously hope that's what happens from now on, but maybe it'll take a while for, because because I feel like like since Game of Thrones, there's been this whole like spoiler culture surge, and now there are all these strategies that are just wasting all this time, and now there might be like a a coming around to a new thing, where it's just like, give them what they want, and they'll shut up.
2: Exactly, because then it's like, it gives, you know, like on our end, if we're going to be interviewing someone like Andrew Garfield, you know, it's like, people want to ask that question, and it would be awesome to at least, Tease it, like if they were to give you a photograph and say, Hey, here's all three of us together. You can kind of at least tease a little bit more out of them, like, hey, how do your characters interact? What can we expect? Versus again wasting time on screaming like, I don't know, you'll have to see. The marble snipers are pointed at me.
0: <laughs> don't make liars out of these professional liars. Right. <laughs> exactly.
2: I'm surprised um, to see Chris- the Oh yeah, go ahead, and read some comments. I was gonna okay. comment as
0: well. Okay. As Christian says, uh, anyone noticed the Fantastic Four reference at the, at the close of the Marvel trailer? I heard about it. I didn't actually notice it. What was it?
2: It, it was just Fantastic Four logo. Like, it's coming soon. Oh,
0: cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'll watch that. Um, As as I think Richard says, d- which I agree with, Dick and Look of Eternals, all that natural lighting, Selma Hayek on a horseback <laughs> story, Chloe Zhao West. This actually oh. worked out nicely for Eternals because they delay it and then Chloe Zhao wins a damn Oscar mm-hmm. for Nomadland. And now suddenly, this is like the most prestigious superhero movie in history and as julie writes britannia's page posting lots of stuff hinting at it returning soon but not saying when foxtel is showing season two catch up i can't wait for that yeah sounds cool and i feel like i'm honor bound to watch britannia at this point i put it off for way too long oh (laughs) i shouldn't even say this because now there's pressure but we'll see what happens Yes, yes um speaking of watching mia you watch anything else these days
2: um, I have been buried deep in Star Wars right now. So if I want I, I couldn't watch anything else if I tried. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to pass this section on to you.
0: Sure. I mean, I'm still watching Warrior. I still recommend it very, very heavily. Um, we just got caught up. So we're going to keep on going. The Nevers, I'm lo- I guess got new screeners for that. I'm looking forward oh, yeah. to that. I'm also, okay, by but the you way. You got new screeners? Oh. oh, yes. I got two new ones. Looking forward to it. You want me to hook you up? I'm sure I can email them. <laughs> see if we can do it. I also, also so at some point, HBO Max became my most preferred streaming service. I watch wow. the most stuff on that. I'm watching that Q into the Storm documentary. They have great documentaries on HBO Max. I really think so. Which is about kind of the QAnon phenomenon yeah. and like the weird sort of banal sociopaths behind it. It's really interesting. And then I'm also watching that Allen versus Pharaoh documentary series about um, the Woody Allen sex scandal back in like the kind early 90s. Know. Wow. Oh, it's good. Um, and just like, you know, tearing down, it, it, it's part of like, it's like a post me Too sort of tear down of this iconic director who sort of, a, who sort of like escaped during all of that, even though he did things a while back yeah. that were very questionable at the time, but he kind of like got away with it at the time. This is like the reckoning coming back around. It's, 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 it's interesting and grossing, disturbing stuff, but I'm enjoying both of them a lot and warrior and it's all hbo max i like i like i enjoy hbo max a lot
2: that's awesome yeah i did i did watch um mortal combat last wednesday because watch you watched that too <laughs> yeah i didn't get to share my review um on on this show but it wasn't for me it was not for me i <laughs> i found some of the scenes very creative and uh maybe a little too gory for me on that front as well if you're really into that stuff then you know all the more power to you but um yeah i was like yeah it's it's just not for me i was surprised my dad gave me his review he was like he really liked it he i guess loves mortal kombat so i was like all right i'll just let you have your thing
0: (laughs) i went back and watched like the opening to the 95 movie because i am old and I was like, "This kind of slaps like that song at the start. Like this, <laughs> oh, yeah. this is better than the entire other thing." And Christian, yeah, I recommend it if you're into like uh, kind of a um, for cue into the storm, a, uh, a a sink into it engrossing documentary about the nerdy banality of evil. Anything else, Mia, you want to bring up before we wrap things up?
2: Let's see. HBO Max released Tenant last Saturday. It was okay. Yeah, that's a long one. That's another...
0: I never saw Tenant. I'm sort of done with Christopher Nolan movies. I don't know. I feel like I saw a a bunch in theaters and they were all... I just didn't hit me the way Yeah. I feel like they were hitting other people. The Dark Knight's great.
2: This one is the most Christopher Nolan movie to ever Christopher Nolan. So, if that turns you
0: off, then don't don't bother. You watched it? Yeah, I've seen it already. Yeah. Are you a fan Did you like it
2: i i liked it just to have something to watch I, I am kind of a fan of his genre um this one but i i do think I this one he was,
0: him. It's just i don't know this it's one he was just
2: a little bit too into himself and it really just kind of you know pulled down the whole house of cards so it's a toss-up
0: i might check it out maybe not probably <laughs> not um anyway thanks for watching everybody we are here every wednesday at 4 p.m central standard time on the Winner's Coming Facebook page and the Winter is Coming YouTube channel. We are also available in podcast form on iTunes, Google Play, wherever podcasts are available. To listen on your commute, those are happening again in some parts of the country. Um, your workout, those are happening again in some parts of the country. Um, Anyhow you have a spare moment, you also know, visit a, a star rating of as many stars as you can, if, if you'd like. If not, you don't have to, but you should and you can. And hopefully you will if you feel so inclined. And again every wednesday 4 p.m live to join the discussion thanks bon voyage and have a lovely day slash depending on where, where you are in the world bye. bye this podcast is brought to you by fansite join our community of over 300 sites from sports to pop culture and everything in between